put the kettle on, lace up your trainers, leash up the hounds, hand over the kids, get out the door. Barking in the background. Gary and Eddie are here with an hour of twittering to keep you company, ease those aches and pains, reassure you that setting the bar low is always the way to overachieve. They bring a little bit of sparkle and laughter to these cold winter days. Oh, Rex wants to be part of it. He really wants to be part of it. When you said an hour, I'm thinking, wow, that's that's quite a high bar for, for our script. Set the bar high. We are going to Twitter for an hour. Here we go. Hi, Gary. Hi, Eddie. Wow. We don't know much about you. Tell me, who are you? Where are you? Where are you from? <laughs> I'm an open book, Eddie. <laughs> Gary's always well, said to me, I've got some things to overshare. Yeah, I've got a couple of anecdotes. Um, we'll see if they make them into the show. I've got to be really careful how I say it because there's somebody else involved in one of those anecdotes and I don't want to um, bring any attention to them or myself. You know, we're like a pair of broadcasting titans and you never know who's watching. So I will keep their, the other party's name private. But yes. I am Gary from the podcast. We should, I still think we should get some, especially now we're like going it alone. I should get some, we should get some t-shirts. But yeah, I'm from, and I live in the north of England. I flirted with other parts of the world. I spent about, well, a year backpacking. Six months of that was in Australia, a few months in the States. And I loved it all, Eddie. I really, really did love every part of it. I could quite easily um, go to Finland, but yeah, I came came back to the UK. Lived in uh, Gloucestershire. Funny that I lived in Gloucestershire. Well, I lived in London for years and years and years. But as soon as we had our first child, Esme, I just had the beating of the drums to come come back up. I can't really put a finger what it was. I love the north, um, but yeah, I just felt a real strong pull to come back to the northeast. Always been an active person, could be cycling, football, squash, that kind of thing. But I'd seen about 2011, 2012, I started taking my running seriously, predominantly road running, marathons, half marathons. Uh, and then I think through fundraising, I was looking for other events and then I stumbled across the Hardmores range. And um, yeah, then it was like, wow, these people run marathons on the trails. Um, that was it. I was just searching for marathons. I had some fundraising targets, so many marathons in 12 months. And it was quite hard to find without traveling all over the place, hard to find lots of marathons. And then and there was this hard moors racing, like half a dozen marathons all just down the road for me. So yeah, I love the trails. I love days out in the fells with friends and family. They're just the best. I love company, but I enjoy the silence too. So <laughs> if I could have five hours on my own in the, on the fells, that would be awesome. If Rex was better behaved, that would be even better if I could share those with Rex. Current plans. Yeah, I've got a, what have I got? Oh, wow. It looks like 2023 is the year of the V50 for me. Neil and I, immediate goals are to do well. It's the first time we go into that combined 100-year-old athletes category. So we'd love to come away from the old county tops with a mug. This would be the third time of asking. Um, how do you, so how do you get the mug? Basically, if we win the age group category, which looking at previous years, we're Did we you get smashed this year at old county tops, though? <laughs> no, I don't think we, we were faster than we were previously. Um, but looking at the other athletes, we still are a way to go to get any 
any mugs. But what we could who's the loose? Who's the, the weakest link in this partnership? Oh, it really could depend on the day. If you look yeah, at the link, okay. so you can't. Li- we can't just bin Neil and go. Let's no, no. advertise for a new V50. You know, <laughs> but yeah. Well, I reckon if if the Lakeland Hundred was the Lakeland Hundred and Twenty Five, Neil would have kind of gone past me. That's the the way the races were progressing. So who who who, who knows how that's going to go? But what could be coming out favour? Say if a V100 won something else, say they got a prize for coming second overall in the race or first overall in the race. And I don't think they go away with loads of cups. They filter the Is this cups a bit like it. how we look at podcast charts? If we heavily yeah. filter, you're in for a prize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't really care how we get it, as long as we come away from <laughs> the lakes that weekend with a mug. Are they like happy. spot prizes? Is there like fancy dress or anything you can also enter? Oh, or? wow. I don't know. I really don't know the ins and outs of it. Um, but yeah, that'll be awesome. Okay. Yeah, spot prize, that'll be quite good. If we come away with a mug, I've got an eye on a Lakeland 100 PB. What's and your PB at the moment? Twenty. I don't know. I can't remember the minutes, but it's 25 hours. I think it's just Change. over 25 hours. So, yeah. So, if I could do that, but it's just getting harder, you know. And also, I would love, and maybe too greedy, to win the V50 at the Lakeland 100. I've got no idea who else has entered this race. You know, I know who's entered it, but I don't know the ages or anything like that. So... It could be way out there. Historic results. If the guy who won it this year isn't in the late 100, then there's a chance I could do quite well. But I don't know who's going to who's going to rock up. So that'll be awesome. Filter. <laughs> I wish I could find their ages. It's really yeah, driving me nuts. Um, also, I've ended the York Marathon, and hopefully, York Marathon is the Masters age group um, a qualifying race. So I've got my eye on a an England vest, trying to win an England vest in York Marathon. So my, a pretty full on twenty twenty three. But my worry yeah, is just, episode one. You've just come on the podcast and gone. I'm going to win this. I'm going to get a PB. I'm going to smash everybody. I'm going to get an England vest. You, I just said in the intro, let's set the bar low, the bar. and you've come out with all this. Shall we do an end of year uh, summary? <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, all honesty, these are like wonderful things um, that to, to achieve reality. I just feel it. You know, I had a big couple of days in the lakes myself uh, yesterday and the day before. My body's aching. So, yeah. As long as you enjoy the process, you set the goal there, you set yeah. the dream, you work towards it, but it's the working towards it and it's the dreaming of the dream. Yeah. That as runners, we all love. And if at the end of the day, it doesn't come off, but you've you've done what you can. There's almost yeah. just as much satisfaction in that, isn't there? Oh, 100%. Yeah, like you see, you just got to enjoy it. And if I could do one of these, if I could just do my best as I, you know, you can on the Let's day. Let's just go you... for the mug. I'd be happy with the mug to be on all us. That would be, make my year. <laughs> If I could pick one, could be the England vest, doesn't it? Really? Although I'll put more into the Lakeland Hundred, but it's to look back on as an old man somewhere talking to my great grandchildren. I could get the England vest out and bore everybody with those tales of running around. I've got an England vest somewhere in the back of my cupboard. It's really scratchy. It's tight. Never going to wear it again. I prefer a mug. (laughs) <laughs> for the mug I would love to get that handshake though from after the great Lincoln 100 I'm just greedy I want them all <laughs> but it's a mega you know Lincoln 100 end of July um, York Marathon is early October 
that's a super duper quick turnaround. I think if I targeted one of those, the individual ones, you know, Leila and I, that's a bit of different dynamics because she kind of rely on two people. But individually, yeah, I might be able to pee big in the 100. I might be able to win the V50. And I might be able to get an England vest. Um, I think I've got the ability to do all of those, but maybe not all three of those. Um, so we will see how the body feels, at least after the Lakeland. You're 100. pumped right now, though. You're totally pumped. I'm not even thinking about past January the 16th. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. But anecdotes, should I share a couple of anecdotes with you? Yeah, go on then. Tell us the one that you go, I can't tell the name. Is it going to be dull because you can't tell the name of the person in the anecdote? <laughs> I'm totally going to guess, and you can't lie to me because. Uh, I'll tell you off air who the. Um, can't do that. <laughs> okay, tell us that anecdote, and I'm going to guess, and people, listeners, dear listeners. I will not reveal who it is. My goodness. I'll get it out of you. I will get it out of you. Come tell us the anecdote. Well, uh, well, before I met the uh, love of my life, uh, she completes me. I'd be nothing without her, Lisa. I found myself on a. Uh, I'm not even too sure you could still go. I was on a dating website. The dating direct, it was called. Um, didn't know what you were going to say, where that was going then. <laughs> I had the time, honestly, Eddie, I had the time in my life. I, <laughs> I don't like, want to know the deets. No, no, no. It's it was the wine years. Podcast. <laughs> family podcast. I drank a lot of wine in those few months on there. <laughs> but anyway, I met somebody on this um, <clears throat> dating direct who... Later, she wasn't when I was met her on date. No, for clarity, we we went on a. They were called dates because we met up, but we there was no romance. Um, was it just for sharing? We're, we're in the friend zone. <laughs> we're in the friend. Went to the football. Had a few meals. Uh, cinema. Okay. There was that. That was as far as it went. Um, but yeah, later on, she became a legit celebrity, <laughs> which is quite funny because now when we see her on TV, the kids are like, oh, that's dad's girlfriend. <laughs> but she's... Uh, How did she become a celebrity? She, she did a reality TV show. And she didn't do Love Island, did she? Was quite funny. That would be very weird because she would then have been like a small child. Yeah. So, no, she's about... I think she's about similar age, but yeah, she did a reality TV show and um, was very popular. It was quite weird though, because when I was backpacking, uh, the TV show she was on went to my old place of work. It was a real kind of funny uh, st story. And my friend emailed me, said, you'd never guess who's just been into our place filming this TV show. I'm like, oh, I couldn't guess it all. Is but it, it a singing TV show? I'm not in any. Oh my god, it must be because that's <laughs> when they do like those montages to go back and see. She's still is she still famous now? Then I would say yes. You will. She, she's one of these celebrities. Um, you'll see her maybe the Sunday supplements. Um, she's on the celebrity TV merry-go-round. So she'll always okay. do like the reality blank TV. Blank. That but, sort of thing. You know, BBC, um, the big channels, not unlike ITV. Are you still in touch? Do you well, still goodness, reminisce? No. 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 <laughs> we don't see each other. So, oh. Yeah, a little story. <laughs> I didn't even tell my wife I was going to tell that story. I'm in so much trouble. It's all right. We all have a little journey to, until we find our forever yeah. friend. <laughs> but yeah, it was awesome, didn't I? What a blast that was. My next little anecdote. Oh my god, there's uh, two. This yeah, yeah. True. This, this is sporting related, actually. This is okay. This is, this is sporting. So York Marathon. It might have even been the first one. 
2011 or 2012, whenever I did that, I was um, trying to find, think of ways how to carry my running gels. I didn't want the old triathlon belt. I, I don't like that look where it's flapping around your waist. So what I did was stuff them down my I had little oh. compression, like hot shorts, hot pants, sorry, under my short shorts. So I'd stuff them down my uh, compression shorts and then fold them over so they'd stay there. But what happened was, um, as I started running, they kind of all worked their way down into my groin of my um, <laughs> compression shorts. But progressively, how can I put it? The little sharp bits of plastic on them. Um, it was like death by a thousand cuts it in my... you? What did it? <laughs> it was, it was, I'd say, on a pain threshold, it got up to about an 8 or 10. Stop um, it. You stop it. A small gel wrapper rubbing on your balls was paying no, no, no. 8 to 10. But when oh. I, when we, well, uh, eventually, I started off with eight gel wrappers. That was the, my starting payload. And, um... I was like, when I got to the end, when I got to finish, I was in so much agony, but I went to the toilet just to say, what the hell is going on down there? And it was a bloody sticky carnage. mess. Carnage. The death by a thousand cuts on the little sharp bits on the... I know what you mean. They are sharp, but you've never had a baby. And so I would say... No. <laughs> really, on the pain scale, it's probably about one to two. <laughs> it was a bit, I was going to start running and going, what an idea, Gary. Let's talk about me. Had way too much about you. I'm Eddie. Hi, everybody. I'm Eddie. Uh, I live in France, which I'll drop in about 400 times into the podcast. I live in France and in the Alps with my family, three children, husband and two very mad feral dogs. I juggle life as a running coach, runner. Um, and on this podcast, I like to keep stuff real. I love oversharing most details of my life. In fact, people love those bits. The overshare is the bit that people love. How I juggle uh, training, kids, work, or how I don't and how it all goes to pot on many <laughs> occasions. Uh, I actually started life as a, well, I was a hockey player and an athlete. I actually went to Durham University. They gave me an unconditional place to go um, if I played sport for them, uh, which I took, obviously. And then I discovered beer and boys. <laughs> And think I must have been a bit of a disappointment to the university who took this young, fresh, fit 18-year-old who slowly drank her, gained 400 pounds. And um, oh, I had a great time. But I think I could play sport all the way through uni, but I, um, the, it took a slight backseat to also my social life, which I'm pleased now because I feel if I'd actually done really elite level uh, sport at uni, I'd have burnt out and not been still jumping at the bit now as I'm into my 43rd year, as from the weekend. Um, well, after I'd had my first kid, I decided uh, I'd done seven years of triathlon, lots of Ironman triathlons. I had images of going back to it, but I soon learned that six-hour bike rides were not conducive to having a small baby. And so I just turned that into <laughs> six-hour runs instead. Uh, so I sold my bike and moved to ultra running. Uh, my biggest love, just like Gary, is just being outside. I don't really care what I'm doing outside. As long as I'm outside, friends, family. I like silence too, but actually I do love sharing adventures. There's something in sharing suffering, sharing, um, you know, scary stuff, climbing up stuff, running down hills, and then coming home for a bucket load of tea, cake, fire, reminiscing, making your run ski adventure sound a lot more exciting <laughs> than actually it really was. I am currently training for the Monting Spine Race, which is, I've just booked my flight this morning, uh, 38 days 
oh, today. Shouldn't only thirty-eight days. It's a two hundred sixty-eight mile foot race along the Penang Way, non-stop. You are there are sort of five. There are there are quite a few smaller checkpoints, but there are also checkpoints where you can sleep if you want, um, and you can get food. It will be the longest I've ever run in one go, um, and also the longest I've ever been away from my family, which is almost the biggest heart to oh, wow, yeah. run. Uh, and it's but it's a good. I was thinking about it this morning. It's a good motivator as well because obviously the quicker I get done, the quicker I can get on the flight and come back to. Different endurance event. <laughs> An endurance event parenting. So for that, I'm both excited and terrified in equal measure. And we will share the last bits of that journey uh, with you. And also the journey we will share with you and the race. You will get exclusive access to the terrible suffering I'm going to go through. But also I expect the amazing adventure, which I have to keep reminding myself that it's not just going to be horrendous. There are going to be some really amazing parts to it as well i've loved the journey so far you've done some amazing stories it's been great great i've got some great anecdotes i've got i haven't got any great anecdotes um as i haven't got any as good as your love island dating wherever she is i'll find out and i'll put it on instagram uh but i have been on songs of praise twice oh wow that is brilliant that and i think my my dad might still have them somewhere on a video when i was at school Uh, Songs of Praise came to our local abbey and we sang and it, it you know, it takes forever to record. Yeah. You sing like the same four lines again and again. Anyway, uh, and then one of them I wasn't even seen at. They, and then they realised that I was zoomed in on the... I didn't realise that. So when you, obviously what we see on Songs of Praise or any TV programme, it looks seamless, but the reality is far we from it. You should ask your former girlfriend that. She'll be able to give you the intel into <laughs> My former girlfriend. Don't seamless, see. but you literally like sing a few lines, then they're like cut, and then they move the cameras. It was freezing. I think I must have been about 14. It was really quite dull, actually. But now I look back on it and think. Yeah. So, Gary, what have you been up to? Strava's gone quiet. Yeah, you know what? It- Ghosted me a few times on WhatsApp. <laughs> Just work. It's, um, You've actually had to do work. I know, I know, it's yeah. for you. Work, work, it's been absolutely balmy. It just feels like I've been working, uh, in this may could be 15, 16 hour days, which hasn't been good. So, you know, years ago, and I must admit, I'm not really coping with it that well. Well, no, that's, that's a lie. I'm coming with better than I thought. We're initially the transition between making a mindful decision to go. Something's got to give and running could give. I have to be a present dad, even though I did bugger off for two days in the lakes. I have to, you know, I have to do the bare minimum relations of parents and I have to do work to pay the bills and keep my customers happy. And the only thing that could give is, um, running really. That's, um, it's yeah, it's just reality, and it's something I've never. Maybe you're similar to myself. I've been quite lucky and quite selfish for maybe a decade, and running has been pretty much front and centre of what I've just done exactly what I want with little compromise. Um, but yeah, the work escalated to such an extent that I had to. It had to take a back seat, and you know, I did become a bit of a Strava stalker, looking at what other people were doing. Um, not in a negative way, um, really, just to because my mileage went down to somewhere it was still fifty miles a week. It wasn't like 
I'd fallen off the planet. I was doing a lot of running. So I was looking at other people's Strava and going, oh, well, they've done 40 miles a week. They've done 60 miles a week. And it just kind of made me feel like, okay, I'm okay. And I was still, you know, two big days out at the lakes. I've still managed a long run. Luckily, thank goodness me for cross country, because even though during Monday to Friday, I didn't feel like I had the bandwidth to go out for a hard session. Showed up for the team for cross country. I've got cross country again this Saturday. So they have kept me really honest and, um, yeah, on it. And I, I use that cross country race as a, my say, threshold run. So it hasn't all been. Have you doing... felt a bit fresher in those cross country runs because you haven't been doing? <laughs> well, yeah. good this is funny. This it did cross my mind. I PB'd Akeley Head by about four minutes. Which is enormous on a 10k race. Well, that, that's on, on Strava. Um, but I'm not, again, it married it up because Strava tells you your times over these courses. Uh, you have this kind of history log. And I can't really see that much detail because I'm not a paid member. But it knows I've done that route. But I'm not too sure if it's so sensitive. So maybe Aggie Head is slightly modified course this year. So it, it's say maybe 10, 20 seconds a lap quicker or something like that. I'm not too sure but yeah times wise this is the fastest time I've ever run at Akeley Head so maybe there's something in it and yeah two days on the fells um I didn't feel I've normally been quite depressed that I've always been like say I felt like I'm hanging off the back or struggling I'm wondering why I'm so tired it's because I've done probably double the mileage of half the people in the group so yeah I think maybe I did feel a bit fresher at the weekend but there's no significant evidence to say Either wise, apart from that four minute PB, we'll see you again. Um, we've got uh, oh my goodness me, the cross country on Saturday. So I look again, see what my times are historically over the years. I just put the same amount of effort in, I always do that like about 160 beats a minute. Um, and then I'll be able to compare my times. Uh, where else? Where else? Where else? Where the lakes? Yeah, two to the lakes, and my goodness me. Skidor and Blencathre were absolutely faulty. I've never... Whatever, whatever. How cold? <laughs> like, how cold? Are we all king? Well, with the forecast, um, first time I've wore tights in um, a long time. And the wind and the ice was so cold up at Skidor. There was these weird kind of rectangular bits of icicles that were on the floor. And we were all like, what the hell is this, uh, this ice structure? Couldn't understand it. But what it was, it was the square metal kind of boundary fence and where the rain and everything had frozen and the wind had hit it so hard it formed these square icicles and it was just this wild wild scene but i think the wind chill was maybe about minus 10 minus 15 so it was pretty, pretty cheap, cold pretty pretty fresh was it but pretty yeah. icy underfoot did you have a few <laughs> yeah yeah well it was everything it was like really hard ice at the top and then as soon as you got down a bit, maybe another, say, 50 metres off the summit, um, it got kind of wet and sloppy. Running games, people falling over, tripping over, going in bogs and stuff like that. Those moments would happen on your own, but you've got no one to... Yeah, you just get angry. Yeah. You just get angry and sad <laughs> on your own. Well, I've joined the gym. Yeah, I think I mentioned to you I was going to do this. Have you been um, to the gym yet? No, just I haven't. Uh, well, I was... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, was checking whether I could make a comment that I thought you looked more buff, but you haven't actually done anything. In no, the... I was sucked in by a really um, hot lady, Russian deal. lady, <laughs> celebrity. Um, yeah, black, it was a Black Friday deal. Got me. I was, you know, I was, I was looking at it, and then oh, it works at like eleven pound a month, so it was like really super cheap. And they give me some 
Dr. Dre Beats headphones as well. So I'm like, oh, I'm in, I'm in. So maybe we've got a Q&A coming up, haven't we, with uh, <clears throat> Trish and Russell and yourself. You might get a, a celebrity podcaster guest. Um, some machine question. What should we do in the gym? <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Okay, right. From the start. First, you Paris from go, East Durham. <laughs> get your membership card. Yeah, actually go to the gym. <laughs> That's I'm really excited. Um, You're going to need that, Jim, between the uh, mug winning, Lakeland 100, record breaking, England vest wearing. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Coopcast, do you need the gym? As uh, my well, the list. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> was it, it was his guest, I think, did some um, research on this. And... Whatever you say, I'm coming to this conclusion. Like, whatever you say, there will be the exact polar opposite, and there'll be. There'll be anecdotes and there'll be somebody that has proof that actually, no, you, you know, if you do exactly opposite that, you will have the same result or opposite result. Well, yeah. There is no right, wrong answer to anything. They say that with politics, don't they? If you look at the world and all the different countries, which whichever side of the fence they fall on politically, their fortunes have been relatively similar. Do what works for you. Do what makes you happy. Do what makes you feel good. Do what keeps you injury free being able to run out straight. If you hate doing strength work and it's a, and you're never going to do it, you're not motivated, then think of something else. Do some cross-training, yep. do something different, work the muscles in a different way. If you what do the guy it, say? And it empowers you, do it. That's beauty of, that's how you make, and I'm a true believer in that, that if your brain, if you mentally enjoy something, your body is going to go, I love this. Yeah, that's a good point. His guest said, basically, if you, some people don't need to do strength training, they're strong enough. Um, yeah. Some people do. There's, there's definitely some people I'm freakishly strong. I can just pump out pull-ups and press-ups because of my background of lifting pints at uni. No, that's a joke. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm strong. I still need to do my strength work, but that's a, maybe it's a little bit of a different type. Some people wouldn't, would find that really hard, but are going to be stronger on, I really struggled with speed. Running speed, I have to work so hard <laughs> to get fast. Uh, everybody's different. So that's why as well, generic running plans and strength plans are sometimes use, a bit useless. What about you, though, Eddie? Oh, my God. What about me? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the good stuff. So uh, training has been going really, really well. I've done some mega days. Me and my pack. My pack, I've called Roger. He was oh, soir. And, but Bryn wasn't, Bryn, my husband wasn't happy that I was spending so much time with Jean-Francois. And there was perhaps a relationship forming that was um, coming in between me and my husband. So he became Roger. Okay. And Roger and Any I, inspiration behind Roger? No, just Roger. And uh, he and I have bonded. We are now happily entwined. I don't notice when he's on my back. <laughs> This is like a marriage. <laughs> uh, I have spent, yeah, I've built up my miles with Roger. We and and um, I've got up to uh, last week. I went over and recce the second half of the spine, but before that, I did a couple of big weeks with some big back-to-back days. Um, Thirty miles one day, and then I do twenty-five miles the next day, and I did that Oof. twice. Felt really good. The first time I did it, actually, I think the next day I felt pretty wiped out. But a lot of that is it's really hard to get the calories in yeah. because you're out, especially when you're like me and I dropped the kids at school, I would go out and I would literally bound around the mountains until I had to pick them up, pick them up. And you've missed, I mean, I probably missed like four meals I would have eaten normally if I was at home then. <laughs> then I'm busy with the kids doing their activities. Time I get home, like actually sit down and properly replenish. 
it's like 8, 8.30 and I'm going again in the morning. So the first time I did that, I didn't get it quite right. Second time I was a bit better with the fueling um, and I felt much better. And I could run again then on the Wednesday. Okay. I could run again the day after and I just felt great because I didn't have the Roger on my back. Um, Are you doing any quality and, sessions though, as well as those like... No, while that volume has gone up, I've had to... I think I did one... Uh, I did do some hill strides this morning and I thought, God, that's the first time I've got out of breath for like three weeks. <laughs> I dropped the quality sessions when I was doing that high volume because you're not going to get any you're tired. You basically, you do the massive two days and then you spend the rest of the week recovering. You yeah. cannot, especially with my life, it's so busy when I'm not running. Don't have, you know, I can't just lie on the sofa and recover. If I could, did, then I could be better in a couple of days. But it takes me that extra couple of days to recover because I don't have much off off time so i took out the quality running for a couple of weeks again once i'd done it twice then i did put a quality run in on the weekend because i felt better by then um then i had a recovery week very important uh after those big weeks before i came over to england last week to recce the spine the recovery week was still massive even though i just took down the volume of the longer stuff so just like you i still did 50 miles and about i think it's about twelve thousand feet of climbing but it felt so easy <laughs> That yeah, was like yeah, an yeah. easy week. Um, and then last week I came over and I wreckied the second half of the Pennine Way um, with my very good friends, Jim and Kay. Jim and Kay? Jim and Kay. <laughs> uh, J- Jason and Kim Cavill and James Elson of Centurion Running. James is also running the spine and he's a good mate of mine. Um, and so we we started in Middleton. Uh, I flew over to Luton. James picked me up and we drove up to actually, I put the, I put the Airbnb in the wrong place. Oh my God. This is, oh awesome. my goodness. Anyway, it was about 20 <laughs> minutes from Middleton. And so we went out to James and I did in Kathy's cottage. Um, and, uh, and then we met Jason and Kim on the Tuesday morning we started. Um, and we sort of planned out, we but I'd booked the accommodation and I'd said to them, I said, I'm booking nice accommodation. I'm not booking. We're not all staying in one room in bunk beds because uh, this is my holiday as well. And I and also I wanted to make sure we had breakfast because I thought otherwise we're going to be out all day and we're going to have to go and find breakfast or keep like carrying. You end up spending more money because you have to like buy milk and stuff. Yep. So I booked um, I booked the accommodation and made sure that we had nice breakfasts every day. <clears throat> Uh, and after the Kathy's cottage incident, when we we're 20 minutes from where we had to be, uh, the rest of it, the rest of the accommodation was fine. So we started in Middleton. Uh, we were blessed. Now, no comments, please, because this drives me mad. Everybody commenting when I do runs in good weather. Oh, it won't be like that on the spine. <laughs> oh, that's nothing like what you're going to. I know. I'm not it might be. Gonna... You might be super it lucky. Might be. I bring the sunshine, Gary, wherever I go. Uh, and I could bring the best weather that England has ever seen that week. Highly unlikely, but we can pray. Anyway, we did um, Middleton and until Garagil. So we did Cauldron Snout, which I've oh, heard brilliant. great stories about, um, which was fine. It was icy on the slabs, but apart from that, it was fine. Though I did think, God, getting my, lifting my legs up with these uh, high steps might be a bit emotion after a hundred plus miles make sure yeah. i have a gel before that i need a quick call to mum tell her i love her <laughs> uh but it was a beautiful day even though it was icy we did cold and scut cold and snout and then we ran around to hike up nick again beautiful beautiful best views in the country james did a 
photo shoot there for La Sportiva because he's a La Sportiva sponsored athlete. And I just got grumpy because I was like, why does this guy not want me in the shoot? I just stood and watched. <laughs> I was like, any minute, ages, though. Like a any photo minute shoot. he's going to say, Eddie, look, can you just put these trainers on? Because <laughs> you are, he never even, he didn't even speak to me. Um, oh, they were just messing around and I just got in a bit of a mardy pants. I was like, well, I'm going to run on down because I'm getting cold now. Um, and then we ran down to Dufton, the little time in the loos at Dufton. If you know, you know. And then we went on round and we had about, I think we had about like an hour and a half of daylight left. So we ran that first bit with Kim and then she, we met Jason. He'd run up the other way. And um, and then we had about an hour and a half of daylight. We're like, can we get up High Cross Bell before yeah. um, before dark? And uh, we managed it. Probably my favourite bit of the course, that bit. Um, I'm not really familiar with that, actually. No, but it's the biggest climb, basically. So it's climbing. Loved it. Poles came out. Yes, this is me in my element. Uh, and we managed to just get across the top. It was beautiful evening so good to see it in the light and not in the clag because yeah. i'm sure i'll be in the clag but seeing the line sort of knowing well james was really good james has done that route but loads so we sort of stood at each point and he's like if it's really bad basically you know you put your back to this point head off oh, that's down. interesting yeah mm. head off down. so that was really good <clears throat> we put our head torches on at the top i went to check my phone um, and check the nav, and James just disappeared off the top. And I was, it just was completely distracted. I was like, okay, right, you've gone. <laughs> and this is excellent. Found my way off, found him down the path. Um, and then we jogged on down past Greg's hut, which you'll hear a lot about when in Greg wasn't there. Um, super icy down to there, and then nice running around. Uh, so that was a big day. It was 10 hours, 36 miles, I think it was. Just before we got into Garriga, we were chatting away about nothing, basically. Kim and Jason were hiding in a ditch and Classic. suddenly jumped out at us. And I, abs I mean, I totally wet my pants. I absolutely, I was like, thought my heart. Was I hope they filmed it. <laughs> they had come up. They've been hiding in there for like 20 minutes waiting oh. for us. They thought they were hilarious. Um <laughs> Anyway, that was a big day, but that was really good practice. Good practice of the navigation of the kit, doing that bit of the course. Um, yeah, any highlights for your kit? I'll tell you about the course, and I'll tell you about the kit bits as okay, well. Yeah. Next day, we did from Alston to uh, Mincemeat Moor, we called it. Basically, the, the really boggy bits and the really tricky nav bits, which Jason gave me a map, and he's like, if you can do this with a map, You'll be fine. I soon put the map away and was like, I've got my watch. Got your watch. <laughs> but we did keep checking the map. Um, beautiful start of the day. And then the weather sort of closed in and the bog came. Um, and that was that was much more realistic. Um, Jason came with us that day, which is nice. We were, that was probably our slowest day, which is probably going to, is a good reflection on the race because you, every single field, you have to check the line. You're not just going straight, you know, the yeah. style or the gate in, if you can't see, you have to actually be on the right line, lots of ups yeah. and downs. <clears throat> the biggest thing I found hard, actually, was the lack of water. I'm okay. a drinker. I'm a, I love, you know, I really drink a lot. And I found four hours with just a litre of water. I would, by the end of each leg, I was so There wasn't many streams to cross and fill up. With yeah, like but that. it's the water is bog okay. water. There yeah. was a stream, there is a river on that point where you could refill, um, but a lot of it, it's not like the alpine sort of flowing streams, it's bog. Um, 
uh, but I was the next day. Then we did um, James and I went it alone. Oh yeah, we finished on Hadrian's Wall, um, and then restarted on Hadrian's Wall. Oh my sweet lord! The thing I learned about the Pennine Way was like we, we started on Hadrian's Wall. And it's like, you, you must have been to Hadrian's Wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like steps up, steps down, yeah. steps up, steps down. I was like, oh, my God. We did like four lots of that. And I was like, oh, my God, it's like 150 miles is going to be awful. Um, I'm a bit tired now. Yeah. And, but then but then it's, you're done. Like everything on the Pennine Way, every time we got to a bit like was like really boggy or the slabs were really icy or it was a really sharp climb. Um, there's not a ton of descending. Most of the descending is quite, I can't think of one bit of technical descending. Anyway, everything was short lived. So it'd be like, oh my God, this is a rubbish bit. But then you'd be on it and you'd be done. It wasn't like a 2000 meter climb that you get in the outs when you're like, oh my God, this is going on for hours. And then it would change. And then suddenly you'd find yourself on a lovely spongy field and off you go, or in some random chicken farm or anything. I wonder so, on the day if that's how you feel on the day. <laughs> well, Jason said, I don't even remember being on Hadrian's Wall. He's like, I don't remember this at all. So I'm going to try not to blow each bit out of proportion in my head to be like, oh my God, that's going to be horrendous. Because yeah. if you've ever done like really long races, then you know that often the bits you really dread are done within a minute and yeah. it's like the bits that you thought were going to be great like the forest track road which then goes on oh, forever and ever so we yeah. yeah we did there's a couple of diversions we did a bit of forest track road we managed a five minute 45 kilometer i think that was our fastest kilometer of the whole time <laughs> the last day we did the cheviots so we started at burness which is the last sort of major checkpoint and then you basically go 25 miles up to the cheviots along 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 until you take the sign down to four miles downhill. Uh, a really great section to do if you're spine wrecking and you've got one more spine wrecking maybe in you to do to know what's coming. Do you physically Nothing. do cheviot? Do you summer cheviot? So no, you see, uh, I, we couldn't see because we were in the fog. Um, you sort of skirt around everything, everywhere. but there's about 5,000 feet of climbing, I think, in the whole thing. Yeah. I think a lot of that is at the start. You climb about 1,500 to get up there and then you seem to stay on the top. It's very boggy. Um, but it's easy now if you basically just keep on line this next to the fence for miles and miles and miles. But it went quite quickly. Um, and then it's actually a lovely descent down to the finish. It's like smooth, like South Downs Way, smooth, grassy track, two mile road jogging to the finish. So I've seen 107 miles of the Pennine Way. The rest will have to wait. Uh, big learnings awesome. I took from that. I can eat a lot of food. Uh, one point, you've got to eat a lot of food. You've got to keep eating. But I said to James, I think on the first day, kind of had enough now. And he's like, you just got to eat. The minute you get that thought, just eat yeah. and it'll perk you up. He never stops eating. It's disgusting. We'd get back to our accommodation and he'd just like have a chaser of a packet of hobnobs before we went down to dinner. He yeah. was an inspiration. Um, my kit all worked really well. I didn't have any chaffing. I, we didn't sweat because we weren't moving fast, even though we were moving faster than record spine pace. Yeah. We <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? I know, <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? We were, we were, you know, four miles an hour was a good pace because even though you're run, sometimes running faster than that, there's so much stopping and starting in gates and styles and navigation and walking and running, you know. So the general pace is roots. We didn't, we actually stayed, we decided to stay in our same kit for the four days to sort yes, of test what. Love it. Doing. 
um it was definitely walking out of the room by itself at the end and on the plane on the way home i did change out my running stuff but i knew it was in my bag and i was like can you imagine if they get me to open my bag oh my god is it hand luggage no i had to check in a bag because i had poles so Uh i'd done speedy boarding and then uh, so that you can take two bags and then the day before i thought i just because my poles have got like this lethal weapon bit and then i saw you can't do that Anyway, I ended up taking a load of stuff. Anyway, kit was all great. I my had I bought these trainers with a gator attached to it. So oh yeah, saw the pictures. Yeah, uh, knee length deck shell socks, thermal leggings, three layers, and a waterproof something on my head. Gloves, two pairs of gloves. Um, my feet did get cold, so I put. Um, I've got some liners, which I'm going to try liner and the deck shell sock as well. Um, but I had no blisters. Nothing, no hot spots, no chapping. Brilliant. Pack, Roger was well behaved. Um, Did you have your, um, was it your yoga mat? No, I took it out. I tried my yoga mat, but it made the backpack too high. And then I couldn't reach my water bottles. They were too high. (laughs) So I took that out, but poles worked well. There's a couple of little bits I'm going to add to my kit and I'm still going to practice. But generally, I'm going with super simple. I'm actually wearing the same stuff. So I've got the three three base layers of the same three these thicker what, mid layer you'd call it wouldn't you yeah, yeah and then a jacket and then I've got for the last leg I'm gonna be I've got my ski gloves a massive puffer hat because the biggest thing for me is not to fall over the biggest learning probably came on the last day when I fell headfirst into a bog. Uh, I thought the slab was there. You'll know this if you've been on the pen and why. Put my foot down and it wasn't there. My knee went like into the slab and I sort of went sliding across it. Everything got totally wet. Um, And then everyone had run on. So I just got up, shook it off, carried on running. And then we were climbing up. So I probably kept a bit warm. And then we got to the top and I was absolutely freezing. And I got that slight like... Okay, so I was like, oh, what am I doing? I've got to the top. I'm in the most exposed place. And now I'm going to go in my bag to try and get my gloves out. And I can't get my hands yeah. in my gloves because they're wet. Oh, my God, Eddie. Eddie, Eddie. That's quite stressful, yeah. So, so I was like, right, if you fall in a bog, you've got to get to the nearest bit where you can give it a bit of shelter and change gloves, get a hat on, just to get yourself warm again, have a quick snack to sort of – because it does shake you up a bit. Yeah. Um, and then I fell in a bog again. Ooh. This time I kept my hands above the <laughs> bog. <laughs> And I, I, I had uh, my lovely thermal leggings, which are expensive, and I ripped them on the slab. Oh, and I had a massive yeah, yeah. bruise. So I kept my hands up to keep them dry, but my knee <laughs> took the total impact of the slab. I know what I'm saying. You know, I think that is total self ego because I was running behind the boys, and I was like not concentrating on where I was putting my feet. I was concentrating on being right behind them. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then we finished, and then probably why I got so tired, we finished, we got straight in the car. Uh, these people had only just met some of them. I took all my clothes off and good wet wipe. Oh, lot da da. And then we traveled, we drove home, drove down to James's house, and he very kindly put me up for a few hours because I was like, I'll just go and sleep at the airport because my flight was at seven. And he was like, No, I'll not sleep at Luton Airport on a Friday night. It was like, oh, yeah, so we got back to his about one, then we got up at four to go to the airport. So, mm. 
so tired and I can't like I doze on planes but it's not like the same is it as like proper and then I got on the plane I was like I'm gonna have a cup of tea on the plane she gave me the tea the woman next to me had fallen straight asleep damn her I went to open the milk and it sprayed out and it sprayed all over her I love it I didn't know what to do she was fast asleep so I just thought just leave it I just left it she'll wake up all sticky You'll never know. She'll be like, what's that smell? Anyway, <laughs> got home. We had a full-on weekend. So tired. And I came back and uh, people talking, speaking French. I was like, I cannot speak another language. It's so hard for me to have a conversation. I couldn't lost. <laughs> anyway, I'm feeling better today. A few early nights, loads of food. And I'm now contemplating, getting back into a little bit of running. And basically, I've got kind of two weeks left. Yeah training left like literally two or three more big sessions and just kit head torch management kit management and then a two week you know so really, really i've got like 15 days of it's any crazy. training <gasps> it's but wild how fast it's come around I couldn't do much more i was on the route i felt good every day i, ne- I didn't have any muscle soreness yeah. i was able to jog along quite happily feed myself so I think that's a good sign that I was able to do four big days with really no physical. But the last, the last day, like the middle of the last day, I had a bit of a low. But again, I think that was, I just needed to eat more food. And the what were you doing then? What, how much food did you think you were eating? Uh, I, I definitely didn't eat enough because when I came back, Brim was like, oh my gosh, I can see your ribs. Oh, um, wow, okay. But then it, you're burning like, what, 6,000 calories a day Possibly. maybe? Yeah. I think so um, you're missing meals. So, oh my God, I ate such rubbish. <laughs> Basically, I, we went in the co-ops and I'd buy, go to the bakery bit, Eccles cake, ice buns, yes. iron bars, oh, obviously, nice Twixes, fruit loaf. Um, Custard tart. Oh no, that would have been a bit tricky too. Anything I could wrap in my little beeswax paper that was on some okay. <laughs> Um We ate a lot of galaxy chocolate. Oh yeah, no messing about. I had tailwind in my bottles, and I had um, uh, some flapjacks. I had a couple of gels, but because you're not moving fast, you don't really feel like a gel. Yeah, I had a couple of gels when I was like, okay, I just need instant energy now. But really, I was pretty happy with my baked goods. Um, Mm. And two of the days, we actually stopped in cafes when we'd done about four hours, and we had two hours to go, which is lovely because you've like done the main bit. And I didn't really want to stop. And James was like, no, you've got to stop. You've got to come in. You're going to get warm. You're yeah. going to eat a load of food. Chuck it down even though it's you want to. checkpoint. Yeah, exactly. And then we're going to go out. You're not going to want to go out again. And then you're going to go out. You're going to feel horrible. You're going to get. You're going to have a belly full of food. And you get moving again. And so that was – I wouldn't have done that by myself. I'd have been like, no, I was going to – so that was really good. And that moment in the cafe when we were, like, getting our stuff together and I was going – it's getting dark. We've still got 10 miles to do across more bogland of death. Uh, uh, but then as soon as you're out, you're out in it. Within yeah. 10 minutes, you're sort of warmed up and you're getting going. One of my biggest fears, I think, coming away from it was this slight nervousness of being on my... Not, I don't mind being on my own. It doesn't frighten me, being out in the dark on my own. But maybe more that I have a tracker on me and people know where I am. Okay. You know what? As a woman, like, you're like, because Jason kept saying, you know, so and so would come out and say, I've been tracking you. And I was like, oh my God, that's actually quite scary to think. It's pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's pretty <clears> wild. And people are going to know exactly where I am. 
and that if you pull up, I'm going to come with you because I'm really tired. <laughs> I'm going to be a cup of tea. It's quite um, fortunate as a guy. I just never think of, I you, have to know, think of that. I was thinking like, I'm on this moorland. Oh my God. Anyway, yeah. I get, I get over that. I mean, I know once a minute as well. And I also have this, inc- I do know that I get like, when I get my laser focus on, I'll be like, I couldn't, you know, I'll be. Yeah, you probably won't even think about it. When I don't think I will. I don't think I will. I don't think I need to stress about it. Anyway, that's where I am. Great, Recky. Thank you so much to Jason and Kim and James for such a fun week. It was a blast in all ways. What a good thing to do. So many memories. And I know in that second half of the course, I will laugh a lot of all the bits <coughs> that we, we, we had some frail hilarities on. <laughs> I like it. I like the same, you know, because you've had other people there. And like you said, you wouldn't have went in that cafe without some... Um, James saying go in, so I think that's a good, uh, good bit of tip. And you were saying about pace, I'm really curious. Have you looked at the spine pace? So historically, does it go out fast and then just later on? Of course the pace it does. It's full of middle-aged men. The first 40 miles, they're going to crack out that lot, aren't they? There, I think there is something in saying, <clears> that, um, especially in the first bit, if there's a runnable bit, you're going to be running probably yeah. faster than you are to so bank some miles. But, of course, everybody goes off too fast. And they get to the 100 miles and they go, there's nowhere I can carry on. But it's all about staying, isn't it? It's all about the finish. Like all these massive races, all you've got to do is stay in the game and you will um, and you will do well. So I'm not going to worry about the pace. Oh, another big a tip. Another big tip. I had the I had the navigation on my watch, which I'll use. I will have my handheld, but it's just so much easier to sit around the watch. Oh, yeah. But then, of course, you can't see pace. You can't see duration. You can't see anything like that. So I'm going to have another watch with that all on on another. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so yeah. I don't have to go from one to the other. I hadn't thought of that. That's what James was doing. Dead jealous of that. We need a watch sponsor, Eddie. Oh, anyone does. <laughs> so I'm just going to have a crappy watch on one side and my very expensive follow the line, which I then saw every time I closed my eyes. I was like, I'm just fine. Talk about tips. What I did um, at the weekend for both of the – what I found when I've been – I didn't have pause with the weekend, but what I have – being mindful about sometimes when it's been cold i've had my gloves my paws my nutrition is sometimes not been as good as it should be so what i did on the weekend was basically put about nine gels in a soft flask so i didn't have to so if i was if i was say climbing up some rocks or something when my half an hour alarm bell went i could just take four swigs of it i didn't have to do any tearing of gel wrappers and then sometimes gel wrappers going blown off in the wind. Yeah. I didn't have any of that. I mean, it was all just like, about, I think about seven or eight gels. Um, it was the active route one day and then um, just normal high five gels. Uh, I think Honey Stinger used to do gel in a bottle. So you could oh, just squeeze okay. the gel. But that's yeah. quite a good idea, isn't it? Well, this was good because uh, there's a couple of things I tested for. A, could it be done? And B, was the gel too thick to yeah. so, And it was fine. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It worked really well. And I literally, so we were out for four or five days, four or five hours, I think, each day. Um, and I had all of the gel. And then I think yesterday I had some Bella Forte, um, like a Turkish delight. And the day before, the day before, I think I had a bit of flapjack. It was froze solid, so I couldn't really eat it. But apart from that, everything else was just uh, gel and it worked. It was a test, basically, but basically to the Helvellyn or all county tops, can I just, just less admin. That's all I was trying to test. How there. long now to um, to Helvellyn? Is it three weeks? Two, two weeks. 
I've literally had a, an eight-week tip with my... There's so much in your body this year that I... I think I've got no worries about getting around. That's not an issue. you got no worries. you got no worries. And neither and I've decided to buddy up. tell us a great story on the podcast. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. If you fancy asking us a question, ask us anything. You can ask us about running, dogs, life parenting hacks um anything we will we are we are not uh we're not shy I we can't answer it we'll get somebody some experts <laughs> we'll google it yeah. uh so yeah send us tntrails at gmail.com any questions and we will pick a couple which we think well, we can answer or we can't answer or interesting first of all uh i'm gonna do the first ever one from richard bulmer hi dean gary great to have you back and looking forward to more wisdom scrapes and tales love it so am I. So my question, I'm doing the Winter Spine Challenger. I've done the Summer Spine Full and Challenger three times. All right, Richard, no need to show off, but there we are. It's been wet, but not as wet as the winter version. My question is, any advice on foot care and keeping <coughs> dry? I'm thinking Vaseline on feet, waterproof socks, boots, not trainers, and gaiters. Am I missing anything? We should be um, asking Richard, Richard for advice. <laughs> Richard, you've come to the right place. Uh, so having just been on the course and it was very wet, but it wasn't as wet as it can be and it definitely might be wetter. Um, it seems that you're going around, down the right route. Definitely waterproof socks. You want them knee high if possible so that the water can't get in. Um, yeah. Just have an ankle that tends to go into the ankle. Boots, not trainers. Now that depends on what you're sort of, if you're going to looking to race or to complete now are on the market are quite a few companies are doing these boot ga uh, trainer gaiter combination i know last Sportiva are just about to bring out a new one um, which is gore-tex trainer with a gaiter attached to it that is gold dust if you can find a trainer with that that you like that's what i'm wearing i'm wearing the north face version and i love um, I would suggest a liner as well as a waterproof sock. Um, so you want your shoes slightly bigger if that's the case to really keep your foot both dry and warm. Basically, you want to keep your foot feet as dry as possible for as long as possible. What about talcum powder? Is that something yeah, you ever do? Anything you add to your skin. I know people say, yeah, Vaseline, there's pseudocreme, there's talcum powder. That's very personal preference. Personally, I'm not going to put anything no barrier cream on my feet. I don't normally, um, I don't like the feel of it. I think it, it makes my feet feel slippy inside yeah. the sock and then it goes onto the sock. Um, I might eat my words. I definitely think you need to do what works for you as well and try out. Vaseline and Sudocream are the two biggest creams, but they're both very different types of cream as well. Um, so again, if you have a tryout, think of what you're using them for. You might just get away with a bit of... If you've just got some hot spots, just lubing a bit on your feet as well, like in between your toes and the ball yeah. of your feet as well. Um, but I would prefer to wear a liner and a waterproof sock than put any creams on my feet at all. Um, but as you said, don't think missing anything. Then I would take spare dry socks and at every available opportunity, every checkpoint, even the like halfway checkpoints, basically whenever you can sit down and be slightly warm, I will be putting on. Yeah dry socks um and airing my feet for a little while that's what i do and don't just like food just don't think you can give that feed a miss just do yeah. it if you, you know if you're chasing cutoffs maybe you've got a different kind of mindset but if you've got look time is a luxury i would just do it whether you think you need to or not just do it yeah change your socks so i hope that's helped richard and see you in january
We've got another one from Neil Cornelius. Uh, glad to see the phoenix rises from the ashes. Wow. What has been the best and worst drink you have had during a race? I found this quite tough and I couldn't just, I expanded the question. I just added to it myself. I put food there too because we couldn't really think of um, <clears throat> bad drinks. But I remember I was hobble. I didn't have any because of just the thought of it was like no way whatsoever. But they were offering whiskey during the race at one of the checkpoints. Oh, whiskey. I mean, not mm. even like a little shot of Van Show, like actually yeah. tequila. Well, yeah, I don't actually know what it was, what type it was, but uh, I'm pretty sure it was whiskey. And that was just, just felt, no. You know, at the start of the race, you have all these, I remember they were saying there were donuts, there were hot dogs, and I was thinking, oh, yeah, it's great. I'm going to eat my way around this course. But then, not that I was particularly racing it, but in the thick of the event, I was just like, no, 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 nothing, nothing, nothing. But... My favourite drink, all-time favourite drink, is uh, Dandelion Birdo. And for our international listeners, that's root beer, sarsaparilla, Dr Pepper. Um, but yeah, anything like that, that's um, Dandelion Berg style drink is, um, that's awesome. Uh, and again, sometimes I think it's not necessarily the food, it's the timing of the food. Going back to say Bob Graham round, I love Mars bars, Snickers, and I remember a friend of mine, trying to force a Mars bar on me just to get me to eat something. And I just couldn't eat this Mars bar. It was just, I remember just scraping like a millimetre of chocolate. Oh, it's like, awful, oh, isn't it? Can't eat that. I can't eat that. And then also, which I did eat, and that still makes me gag when I think about it, the cheesy flapjacks. It's um, oh, yeah. with the breath weight, the leg lunges. <laughs> that was absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. But, yeah, that's for me. But, yeah, sometimes, like I say, I think it's more – of the moment when the food, it's not necessarily the food itself is bad. It's uh, sometimes you just don't feel like it. How about yourself? Any horror stories? Uh, it, I remember when I was doing an Ironman, I can't remember which Ironman it was, super hot. Uh, and I went to, so you go through these checkpoints, just loads and loads of cups and some is water, some is Coke, some is back in the day. It was Gatorade and I thought it was water. So I threw it into my face Classic. and it was Gatorade and it went all into my eyes, like all oh. over my face, <laughs> down my face. The stickiness was disgusting. I don't even like Gatorade. Uh, uh. Uh, and then I'd missed that opportunity because you'd be like gagging for liquid. And I just thought that that was just, so I just threw it. And then I was like, oh, no. Never. My eyes sure I'm still eyeballed, scarred. Uh, best drink, I'm trying to think. I think all I can think of is um, when we did our tour of UTMB and the epic dehydration we had because it was really hot and there weren't many streams. And coming down into Valacine and just saying... Uh, have you got a tap to these people? And then being like, yeah, yeah, there's one in the garden. And that's just being like, oh my God, liquid, liquid. And just like you said, the timing of having those drinks when you've thought, I'm so parched, I'm going to die. Yeah, we both would just like to say thanks to everyone who's joined us over on our new Facebook uh, group, over on Strava too, and Instagram. And a big, super big thank you to our Patreon members who supporting us over there. I think we've got nearly 60 members over there now, Eddie. So that has been pretty awesome. I get a little um, notification that will pop up every time someone joins up. So it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. And hopefully, I think then Patreon thanks the Patreons. We're hoping to build that platform. You have to bear with us um, a little yeah. bit as we sort of build. We're approaching 
people that perhaps might be able to offer our patrons some uh, discounts, make it worthwhile. We hope that the podcast makes it worthwhile yeah. as well. If you are a Patreon member, do pop over there because next week we're recording at Ask Coaches. Um, so if you've got any questions about kit, nutrition, training, anything, uh, go and pop up a question over there and we will do our best to answer yeah. as many as we can as well. I also need to say a thank you to Jonathan Jameson because he bought me a cup of tea via Kim uh, out on the uh, Pennine Way um, as a thank you. He's a star, isn't he, Jonathan? Thank you for my tea uh, and it was much appreciated. Moistened my lips. That's, uh, I suppose, my our vision for Patreon is it offers value for everybody. It offers, if we can reach out to some brands that we feel are a good fit, our community and they want to get involved maybe like they said some discount codes that here then um it becomes a bit of a no-brainer you support us we get some uh support by patreon brands um get some exposure and you our community save some money and it really helps everybody uh that's the idea so yeah if any brands are listening reach out um if you think you're a good fit for our audience that will be great that's my vision for for patreon it's not just literally about supporting eddie and i hopefully over time we can give back too oh wow eddie i was a little bit nervous before we jumped on the mics today do you think we've filled an hour we've lost do you think we've lost our the touch <laughs> did i talk too much it's all too no much. no you're perfect it's too long i don't know if you're interested because you get your zoom face on and i'm like is this a, is this dull is this a good story where i'm going with this <laughs> it's funny i'm checking out your face when i'm talking thinking, i always oh. try and keep my face like alive so that you know i'm like i'm like a teacher i feel encouraging you to go yes this is a good story yes, keep yes. telling you're doing really well and then when it gets dull i kind of just start checking myself i see you looking down at whatsapp that's when i'm it's been going off you know when you get those whatsapp there's a kids party whatsapp group going off and it's keep I'm like, bing, oh. bing, bing. <laughs> anyway i've enjoyed it. i was nervous and uh, yes yeah, good to get back on the horse and yeah next week uh we'll have a uh, coaches i'm really looking forward to it actually because i'm um, being you're putting coach. in all your questions you're like yeah, yeah i'm just gonna have all these from a hundred miler to a marathon pb <laughs> in about three weeks <laughs> from gazilla in the south of england <laughs> yep you'll uh <laughs> I'll do my position totally on that. Turns out how many questions we get in. If we only get two, then I'm going to... Well, they're flooding in. Good. They'll be flooding in. I think it's going to be great because there's never a right and... Well, sometimes there could be fundamentally a wrong uh, way to coach somebody. But generally speaking... Listen yeah. to the bits. This is what this is another of my <laughs> life. Listen to the bits. This, this is what's driving my husband crazy. Listen to the bits you want to listen to, the bits you don't. Just yeah. snap. Well, my garment plan... It's totally different to my Jack Daniels plan, which is totally different to my advanced marathon training plan. Three different approaches to uh, training and not necessarily the wrong way to do either uh, any any approach to training. So, yeah, take what you want from the coaching questions. Anyway, hope you all have a great week. Run well, run wise, refuel with tea. And don't forget to like, share and subscribe. I'm Gary Thwaites. I'm Eddie Sutton. And that was episode one of Tea and Trail.